you ever have the feeling of not being enough? I mean, not being good enough, not being smart enough, not intelligent enough, not good looking enough, not popular enough, not posh enough, not confident enough. The, the list can go on and on and it can affect each of the seven areas of our life. Relationships, business or career, wealth, health, mental, spiritual and social. And it can also affect each role that we play in our life, whether it be a father, mother, brother, sister, employer, employee, son, daughter and so on. And put simply, it's not being enough. Well, did you? Or do you currently have that feeling of not being enough in any particular aspect? I know I have many, many times and in all of those aspects. And thankfully, I know differently now. But boy, did it take its toll in terms of how much it used to hold me back, how much resentment I held for others and how much resentment I held for myself. And the more and more I worked with clients, then the more I found out I wasn't alone in experiencing those same feelings. So first off, you're not alone. You're not alone in having that feeling of not being enough. Now, being is very different to having. So there's being not good enough. It's not not having enough. There's a difference. There's not being wealthy and there's not having wealth. There's not being intelligent enough and there's not having intelligence. Being and having are two very different things. So while we might say we don't have enough money for something, that's very different to being. And it all starts with being. When you have the being sorted out, then the having comes about. Now that sounds like something that could be used as a tweet or a quote. When you have the being sorted out, then the having comes about. I should copyright that. Anyways, it all starts with being. But why is it important? Well, if we have this not enoughness feeling, all right, okay, so that's a new word I just made up. So <laughs> don't don't check my grammar on this one. Let, let, let's just go with it. So <laughs> when we have this not enoughness feeling, we hold ourselves back. We make ourselves less than what we truly are. We make ourselves smaller and we stay small. And as Nelson Mandela once said, there's no passion to be found in playing small, in settling for life that is less than the one you're capable of living. And what about another great person, Marianne Williamson, that said in her book, A Return to Love, your playing small does not serve the world. There's nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. You see, this not enoughness feeling forms part of your self-worth and so too your confidence. When we don't feel enough, we don't feel confident. When we don't feel confident, then we won't drive ourselves, our business or our lives forward as much as we possibly can. So this not enoughness can hinder every single aspect of our lives and limits our potential. But what is this feeling of not being enough? Well, it's one of the seven fears and it's the one that keeps coming up the most for everyone. But here's the cool thing. With it being a fear, it can be dissolved. You remember from an earlier episode, it spoke about fear and how to dissolve it. So that's your first port of call. But because it's one of the biggest things that hold people back, I want to give you more strategies in this particular episode. And the reason being is that the more people I help to remove this not enoughness feeling, then the more people that will go on to fulfill their purpose. So let me go through briefly a number of things that you can use to work on this. Firstly, when it comes to a feeling not being smart enough or intelligent enough, there's two things for you to consider. The first being competence. And you'll remember I covered competence in an earlier episode. So you remember that competence is made up of three pillars, skills, knowledge, and experience. And you'll also remember that it covered confidence and the three pillars of confidence are self-love, self-worth and self-belief. And also there's an intertwining between competence and confidence and a journey that everyone goes on. So the first thing for you to do is to listen back to those episodes and refresh yourself with them. And while I think of it, while you might have listened to an episode before, with everything that I create, whether it be my books or these episodes, 
Each time you read my books or each time you listen to these episodes, you'll get a higher and a deeper meaning from them, mainly because of how I've structured them and layered the information. So even though you may have listened to the episodes on competence and confidence before, it's really worth listening to them again. So when it comes to dealing with the feeling of not being smart or intelligent enough, the first thing is to understand competence. The next thing is to understand the connection between your competence and your internal priorities. So let me explain. As I said on previous episodes, each person has a unique set of unconscious internal priorities. And if you haven't connected with me to determine what your own set of internal priorities are, then now is the time to do that because you're missing a significant piece of the jigsaw, even if you think you know what they are. Now, the connection between your competence and your internal priorities is this. Your desire for competence will be the highest in line with your internal priorities. You will seek out opportunities and circumstances to develop your competence in line with your internal priorities. And once you're in alignment with your purpose and your internal priorities, you will seek to be a master in that area. Now, because your internal priorities are unique to you, your competence will be different to others. Your highest competence will be in the area that is most aligned to your internal priorities, and their highest competence will be in the areas that are most aligned to their internal priorities. Your aim is to develop and master your competence in the area that is most aligned to your internal priorities. Anything else is pretty much irrelevant. Let me give you a simple example of how this plays out in real life and your day-to-day interactions. You see, for years, I used to beat myself up for not knowing much about sport, whether it be rugby, soccer, golf, tennis, whatever sport it was. You see, every time I went to an event or any time I was among a group of people, the conversation would nearly always be drawn to sport. Now, in case you didn't guess, I've absolutely no interest whatsoever when it comes to sport and the different games that are played. I couldn't tell you one player from next, let alone whether they're offside or not. When I say absolutely no interest, I mean absolutely no interest. So years ago, when these conversations used to take place from being in school right up to starting my own business, I used to hate the conversations. But at the same time, I used to also beat myself up for not knowing enough about the sports in order to have a decent conversation and put forward my views in relation to each one. Now, don't get me wrong, when it came to getting married, there were huge benefits in our marriage because my wife didn't have to put up with me sitting in front of the TV for hours watching different matches. Now, did I gain some knowledge over the years to be able to have a conversation with people? Yeah, of course I did. But it's not an area of interest for me in the slightest. But here's the flip side. Can I outsmart other people with my knowledge and intelligence in the areas of my passion and desires and which are aligned to my internal priorities, my purpose and my mission? Absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt. I'm making this clear and easy distinction so you can understand that when it comes to feeling not being smart enough or not being intelligent enough, once you completely understand competence and your internal priorities, then this fear goes away immediately. So first of all, understand competence and then next of all, understand internal priorities. Then the next thing to look at is comparative thinking. Now, comparative thinking is where you're comparing yourself to someone else. Now, this works both ways. You can compare yourself to other people and perceive yourself to be better than them, and you can compare yourself to other people and perceive yourself to be worse than them. And this comparative thinking comes into both the seven fears and the seven areas of life. The seven fears being fear of failure, fear of loss of something, fear of not being enough, fear of rejection, fear of death or illness, and the fear of breaking rules. And the seven areas of life being business or career, finances, relationships, social, spiritual, mental, and health. Throughout your life, you'll be comparing yourself to others under each of those 14 areas. 
Now, once you get to a higher state of being, of which there's 12 states that I've identified, and I outlined five of those states on an earlier episode, which were despair, hope, belief, knowing, and mastery. When you get to the stage of knowing and above, then comparative thinking dissolves. The reason being is because you have a much deeper understanding and knowing and experience of how the universe works. But understand this, once you put yourself into comparative thinking, you're either pushing yourself above others or you're pushing yourself below others. Once you do that, then you're out of equilibrium. So what can you do to stop it? Well, just stop it. Once you recognize that that's what you're doing, then just stop doing it because it doesn't serve you. Stop comparing yourself to anyone else. You're unique, you're you. There's no one else like you. There's no one else that can be you. You're you, so just be you. Once you start comparing yourself to others, then you're not being you. Now, is it difficult to stop comparing yourself? Yes, it is, until you get to higher states, and especially if you're around people that regularly get involved in comparative conversations. Then it's difficult to maintain your own inner equilibrium. Can it be done? Yes, it can. But the main thing is to know thyself and be thyself. Now, the next thing to look at when it comes to dealing with not being enough is traits. Again, in an earlier episode, I spoke about traits, which you'll find in the episode called We're All Mirrors. Now, when you fully understand traits, not only will it help you to move to a higher state of being, it will also help to dissolve comparative thinking, as well as bring you to the ability to observe within yourself the traits that you admire in other people. When you start to observe that and own the traits that you admire in other people as being also in you, then a whole new universe opens up for you. And there's so much that can be achieved in this area. It's one that I love working with my clients on. And here's one final strategy to give you in this episode, and that is having a compelling vision. Now, I know that it can be difficult for a lot of people that might be feeling lost or don't know what their purpose is. Hence the reason why I do the work that I do. But when you have a compelling vision for what it is that you want to do, then you won't let anything else stand in your way, let alone a feeling of not being enough. When your compelling vision is big enough, when your why is big enough, then the path becomes easier. As Napoleon Hill said in his book, Think and Grow Rich, when your burning desire is big enough, then you will achieve it. Getting clarity on your purpose will bring that burning desire about. So there's a number of strategies that you can begin with to dissolve that feeling of not being enough. So let me recap them for you. Number one, dissolve the fear using the exercise that I outlined in a previous episode. Number two, understand competence and confidence and how the two of them are intertwined. Number three, understand your internal priorities and how they're also intertwined. Number four, remove comparative thinking from your life. Number five, understand traits and learn how to own them. Number six, have a compelling vision to achieve. And lastly, number seven, know that you're unique and focus on being the best you. That's it, seven strategies to help you being enough. But before I go, let me finish with a quote from Marianne Williamson from her book, A Return to Love. Now, this is a quote that I included in my first book, Evolve. And when I received an email directly from Marianne Williamson herself, after she read a copy of my book, honestly, it blew my mind. And it was one of the best days of my life when I received the email from her and for what she said in the email to me. And although this quote has been used by many, many people, including Nelson Mandela, and it's often misquoted as being Nelson Mandela's quote, the original is from Marianne Williamson, but this quote has so many layers to it, I know why it has actually had the impact it has. So I'll finish with this as it's so relevant to this episode. Our deepest fear 
is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It's our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You're a child of God. Your plain small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We're all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. And as we're liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. From me to you, I wish you every success. Go and let your light shine.